spoken lately. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I haven't dreamed of that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I haven't dreamed of waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Ambien's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken Hi, it's Ambien from Spoken Label. Thank you today for streaming or downloading another episode of Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up on beginning of the 2016 and as of speaking has currently nearly 300 sessions. The full archive is available on Spoken Label full stop bandcamp.com although it is available for free for stream and download if you wish i am always grateful for any sort of kind of donation to enable to me to keep the running costs of this podcast going and enjoy take care bye-bye spoken label hi guys and the end spoken label back in the house on a wednesday evening i'm knackered long story short i've a long day in work and i got woke up early this morning so but i'm never or never too tired to chat to wonderful guests a wonderful lady with me today from across the seas and I'm going to let her introduce herself to us uh, Katie obviously for people that don't know you and when we go through what you've done in your career I think that you're the sort of person people would know you even if they don't that's a good way of putting it I think so tell us about yourself and obviously where you're originally from and what started you off for your creativity well first of all I want to say Andy thank you so much for having me and honor up days and our down days and our hard days, the point is we still show up. And that's that's really um, important for me, you know, that we show up. So um, I honor you. Thank you so much. Um, I'm Katie Chinakis. I'm from uh, Detroit, Michigan. Uh, my family's Greek. I have a big, you know, European uh, background. And I grew up with language and poetry and, um, you know, Socrates and Plato, Aristotle, and just language and words and uh, Mark Twain and reading quotes and words and and how powerful they were so that's kind of my upbringing and first and foremost out of everything I've done I started off as a poet I started off with language and sound and how it made me feel and you know my parents were um you know living the American dream kids having kids you know my dad's side of the family came over from Greece so um you know they were out we would go to school they would put us in school and then we had a lot of independent time after school. And so I would spend my time independent, like a stoic, you know, very independent. And I had this space to think and feel and create and study and research. And I found my time really interested in language. So that's kind of how I got started on my journey. Really? Yeah. Now, people also look at your website. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be referring a lot to this today because it's like it's it's an, you've done an incredible amount of work you have over the last two decades, really. And I can relate to this in a few ways because I'm very, very varied and I would like to be versatile as an artist myself, not to your level, mind you. So 
what came first then? You said you've been writing poetry since you were very young, haven't you? So what made you want to go into acting, for example? Yeah, well, you know, I remember being uh, a kid and I was dancing with the broom and to 80s music with my mom in the basement. Mm. And it just, I love dancing and it felt really good. And um, I remember just like being very sensitive and I didn't know the language of HSP, highly sensitive persons, 16 to 20% of the population are HSPs. And I was very um, like empath and I didn't know I was an empath. I learned later, but I was very sensitive and I was very observant. And to be a great actor, I feel one has to be very observant of behavior. So I, mm. I've always been into like behavioral science and I didn't know the language behavioral science until I got into college and I was studying the way people were behaving, what they said, more importantly, what they didn't say and listening to tones and vibrations of sound and language. I'm now going on a journey of, you know, with science and healing frequencies and knowing um, certain frequencies and decibels um, you know, sophagia heal healing frequencies, like sound heals, like words are empowering or disempowering. Words can lift me or someone up or rip you down. So, um, you know, I remember when I was a kid, I just wanted to make other people feel good. I got this giddy feeling inside when I was making other people happy and laughing and I would be the clown. I was totally fine with punning laughing at myself, being the clown, being the center of attention. It, I liked it actually. I liked the attention and I liked getting a rise out of people. Like, is she crazy? Like, is, is she crazy? <laughs> I would like doing that to people. It was fun for me. It was so much fun. So, so I think like comedy acting just came natural for me, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Now, obviously, Again, looking at your website here, because it's a great website you've got. And this tell gives you gives you so much information. Now, like if people will know us, you've been on an awful amount of TV programs, and I could I could be here about five or ten minutes going through all these. But like you've been on like CBS's CSI and your NY Cold Case FX Networks. It's always sunny in Philadelphia and Law and Order SVU to name but a few. Now, how did you actually get into doing your acting on TV then? Well, what you need, yeah, what, what you need to do is, you know, there's a system, you know, in place. And sometimes I don't always agree with the systems, but they're there for a reason. And some work and some don't work and some need to be upgraded. It's life, right? Like some rules, some, some rules you have to upgrade, but you know, you have to, to, to be a player on network TV, unless like, even if your family owns the network or like, you know, your director on the show, there's, you get an agent as a talent, you have an agent, you have an agency, they submit you to the casting directors. <clears throat> Even if you know the casting director, like let's say like I just didn't have an agent and I was just friends with all the casting directors, but casting directors typically work with agents. It's just like a <clears throat> protocol. So then they would put you with an agent because casting directors deal with like, you know, producers and directors and agents and managers deal with talent. So you have to have an agency, the agency and the manager, they pitch you for opportunities. The casting director puts out the opportunities. Then they call, do the callback for the people. So when I'm getting my first call, it's actually like a call back because my team's already submitting to them and they're saying yes to me. And then I'm seeing the casting director. And then I go straight to directors or producers, depending on if they know my work, depending on uh, how fast they need to cast something. 
or they might just like see you for the first time. But when they're seeing you for the first time, it's really my second time because I already got like submitted and called to come in. And then you see the casting director and then, then you see the director and the producer. So, and then, and then there might be another callback after that. So you just, you go through these different cycles and hoops, depending on like, if it's a TV show or a film and like, like I said, how, like how, how quick one needs to cast, but that's kind of like the formality and the professionalism. There are sites like castingnetworks.com, actorsaccess.com, that some stuff goes on there and some people can be independent and, you know, act as their own agent and get them like smaller roles. Um, I know there's something called Backstage, which I'm not a personal fan of Backstage. Um, I didn't have a good experience on there when I tried to be an independent actor in New York City and I mm. used that service. Um, I just had like a, a horrible experience personally. Um, but that's why you have agents because they vet out those things for you and like casting directors and directors. So when you're union, you know, you're in the union and then there's non-union, but having a team around you so you don't show up for an acting gig and you're putting yourself in a situation, that's why it's good to have like the protection in the system and you know the support when you're when you're an actor, you know, because there's so much happening in the world and how do you know what's real and what's not? So casting directors really vet those things out mm. for you, depending on what type of agency you're with too, because there's different types of agencies. So I'm talking about an agency that that focuses on like network and, and TV shows and movies. Cause there's other agencies out there where they'll get you like low ball stuff, but I'm not interested in doing low ball stuff or or reality kind of shows you know, at this point in my career. Yeah, no, of course, get you complete with it. So, I mean, you get to the stage and anything you do, like, you just don't want rubbish, basically. You know, I can understand you completely with that straight away. Now, I know, obviously, like I said before, um, I'm under orders here as well, because people will look again. They will notice you've been in quite a few films as well. And I've got a wife that's absolutely obsessed with Nicolas Cage. And my mate, one of my best mates, his daughter is as well. So I've got to have to ask you about, because I'm under orders to ask, because I know you were obviously involved in the, you had a role in the, the Bad Lieutenant Paul of Court New Orleans film that Nicolas Cage did. Tell us about that experience and what was Nicolas Cage like to work with? Yeah, it was a great highlight of my life and my career thus far. You know, when you're working with Werner Herzog, the top 35 filmmaker in the world, and Nicolas oh, Cage, yeah. like, where do you, where do you go from there? You know what I mean? Where do you really go from there? So I, I definitely went on some kind of journey, but you know, um, and I'm so grateful. Like he was just amazing to work with, like very neurotic in a way. I'm, I'm neurotic in my own way, but it was a close <laughs> set, and he was very professional and very sweet and you know intimate and we were just like conversing back and forth but you know about the craft and about the work and you know Werner was there to support us and his vision of what he wanted and we were intently both like on the same page listening but I mean I must tell you that like when I got the call from Werner Herzog I was in Louisiana shooting um I think I was shooting Streets of Blood with Sharon Stone uh 50 Cent and Val Kilmer at the time oh. and the the producer's like oh like Werner wants to talk to you and offer you the role personally so um they're like okay he's gonna call you and I was wrapping set going to my hotel room and like I was like in my room like waiting for the call I knew he was gonna call I'm like hello and I just felt like you know Katie this is Werner 
I would like you to come to New Orleans and work on the Bad Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans with Nicolas Cage in his German accent. And I was floored. Wow. I just felt like my jaw dropped and I'm like, yes, I would love to. And I just felt like it was my like Joan Crawford moment, right? I was just like, <laughs> like I felt like like Reese Witherspoon or Angelina Jolie, like, yo, this is how it's done. Like you get a call, you know, but they're probably like laying down on their bed, like relaxing. I was just like standing by the hotel phone, like, yes. And I was, it was so exciting. So it was, it was amazing. I'm, I'm so grateful. Oh yeah. And I would be over that as well. Can like, you look at the cast, it's a great cast in that film it is. And it was, um, for me, cause I've seen the original, saw the original in the cinema at the time actually. And I remember the work with original Harvey Cartel, and that was a difficult, disturbing film. And I think this one actually probably managed to do the same thing as well in a very different way. So, oh yeah, I can well imagine the great time in this film straight away. So, no, well, not to get into too many details about it, but I do remember hearing it wasn't a Werner was saying it's not a remake, and I think he no, didn't see the original at all. So yeah, I've um, heard the same. I've heard the same on it. Yeah, yeah. I think they call it was it a reimagining more than anything else, or a different version of it. Yeah. So I agree. With you. It is. It is a very different film altogether. And so. and also, you know, I've never said this, but I always think it. But shout out to uh, Pressman Films because you know Sam Pressman um, and Ed Pressman they they made the film, they produced it, and they I met them like working on the project and. Sam became like my really good friend and everything. And they they do amazing things in film. So kudos to them to like taking on this project, you know, because that's like the only reason why it ever came to life because they produced it. No, I agree completely. Now, I've got to ask you as well then. Obviously, like, because people know us again. And I knew about this before I looked into your website originally. I know you also do voiceover work as well. Now, I've done voiceover work and I've done a little bit of acting as well. Again, but it is a different, completely different beast when I've done it in the past. Is it the same for you? Because it's, it's a very different sort of skill to manage, I think. I am so excited you're asking about this. Actually, they go hand in hand, right? The podcasting, mm. voiceovers, acting, they all go hand in hand. And so that's why I do all three that seem different, but they're actually the same. Um, so two legendary casting directors in Hollywood who cast like network TV and films, they gave me an offer on a new scripted podcast series where I'm acting as mm. an actor, but oh, it's yeah. voiceover. It's 10 episodes. It's coming out around Halloween. It's called Blood Forest. And I'm one of the lead characters. Oh. And yeah, so I'm a union SAG actor and I'm acting in it. And it's it's a scripted audio. Didn't know about that one, so right, I'll make a note of that myself. And because <laughs> I, I like you, I love listening to podcasts and I also love doing podcasts as well. So right, that's noted. Okay, so that's brilliant. That one straight away. So, oh, I'm well looking forward to that one. Definitely. Will that be available on all, all the usual networks, etc.? And will it, I presume? Yeah, everywhere. It'll be everywhere. Realm. FM, and um, it's produced by Listen Away Productions. So yeah, it'll be everywhere. Blood Forest, F-O-R-E-S-T. Brilliant. Well, we'll make a note for that, definitely. So looking forward to that one immediately. So now, obviously, then, um, we're talking and, about that. And, and hmm. my role, my character, she's oh, yes. a podcaster. 
Oh, perfect then. <laughs> oh, that is absolutely perfect for you, that. Well, let me ask you then about that, because I wasn't aware of this, and that's what I love doing these podcasts. And I, I know you've been a podcaster yourself. It's like, you, haven't you, like, we both like getting surprised sometimes. Eh? Now, how does it feel then doing your own podcast in contrast to being on a scripted podcaster? Yeah, with my podcast, it's really awesome because I started in 2019 and I mm. built the IP from the ground up. So when you do something at a rudimentary level from the ground up, you know every slice, every journey, every taste, every feeling, like you know everything, you know? And mm. like when you're doing it for someone else, you're living their dream, you're fulfilling their goals and it's it's not gonna go the distance. But when you do it, for yourself and you do something and you start something from nothing, you grow through this journey. So people are like, I do podcast consulting for people. And they're like, you know, how are you the top 1.5% podcast out of almost 3 million podcasts? Like, how did you do it? What's your strategy? Right. And so like, I didn't do what everyone else was doing. I did not do that. I listened to my own intuition, to my authentic voice and I explored what that was. Even if I didn't know, I took a chance. And then when I was like, yo, that's not for me, I would just ditch it and I would pivot to the right or pivot to the left. And I would just kind of shape shift it and mold it as I go. And then, mm. you know, I, I made it into seasons. And so now I'm, I had a women empowerment series and now I'm taking a pause and then I'm going to come back and um, it's going to be focused on Hollywood you know, voiceover acting and the the renaissance of where Hollywood is growing to, you know, uh, mm. with blockchain technology. So I'm really excited um, about season five. And that aligns to my voice as an actor and brands can hear my voice and be like, we want her ethics, morals and values, her tone, her vibe, her voice on our audio voiceovers. Or, and they're going to see and hear me and say, we like her and she identifies with this show, this, this movie we're producing. We want her promoting the movie, not only on the podcast, but to the audience and to the people who are listening, because she really aligns to, you know, these kinds of things, X, Y, and Z, whether it's educational, empowering women, um, you know, mindfulness, neuroscience, like whatever the role could be like. Oh, like, you know, she has this quirky thing about her. So when you do podcasts, you know, when reality took it, it came out in into the world, like it's all about like your personality. So how can you show your personality in a way where it attunes and it aligns? Like Ashton Kutcher did Punked and he's a union actor, but he played mm. Ashton Kutcher on Punked as a reality. So then the fans and audience love his personality and see who he is. And then they put him into union roles. So in podcasting, they can see and hear who you are and your vibe and then like your, you know, your personality and then put you in projects because yeah, with yeah. the age of social media, you need to do that. It's almost like TikTokers and people, podcasters almost get this presence and then they get deals. You know, it's, 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 it's a new way it's been for like a while now, like, you know, having these followers and like, are they real or not real? But that's like another conversation, but, you know, really know thyself, Socrates, from the ground up, from your IP up. And it doesn't have to be from a podcast. It can be whatever the principle is that's for the person listening and tuning in. Perfect. I agree with you completely there with that. Now, obviously, like, 
you said before about she's all over the place, your podcast. You're, on, you're coming back with your, your fifth season. So tell us about then, obviously, with you doing it as seasons, how has your approach changed to your podcasting over time then? Oh, I mean, I'll tell you. So I'm, I'm sure you will <laughs> i will show you now like season one wasn't season one i just like hmm. i wanted to do it i wanted like youtubing was very popular and i had a producing partner and so i wanted a podcast nine years ago i didn't know how to get on the train hmm. tracks i didn't know how to do it until i met someone and i found out how like that's how it goes with everything so i actually started these youtube series of cart of um not cartoon katie but um of uh, katie's corner and I actually ripped the audio from those. They were like short segments mm. under 10 minutes. And I actually ripped the, when I got the podcasting opportunity, I ripped the episodes from those and I actually put them out as a podcast. And that was like the trunk of who's Katie, like who's Katie. And that was the first one. And then it was like 10 episodes of acting, mm. modeling, poetry, voiceovers, you know, travel, spirituality. And so it gave the, the oak tree of who I was and then it branched out. And then I started having like all just guests on like, and I didn't go for blue checked artists. I didn't go for my like most famous friends who had the most followers. I went mm. for who and what interests me, whether they had social media or not. I wanted to make an impact and to learn. And I felt by learning, then maybe the one person tuning in would learn something that I thought was interesting and it would make an impact to pay it forward. That's how I started. And mm. then I was going and the person who started me on my podcast, I said to her, I'm like, yo, like, how do I know when to stop, come back? She's like, we'll put it into seasons. So strategy that made sense. So I went back and I, I like relabeled those episodes and I put it those into a season one. And it just happened to be like 22 episodes with a bonus episode. Then I did season, mm. then I came back for season two. Then I took a break and um, I did season three. And while I was in season three, I was marinating about season four and I decided I'm going to have a women empowerment series. And so I had a women empowerment series. And for me personally, my confidence was always big and boastful, but inside sometimes we're human. We feel down or very down or down for a long time, up and down and like, like a, like an egg, like very strong, but then also like fragile with like those cracks. And I wanted on a sensorial level, I wanted to nourish those cracks, the divine femininity of the mother of, you know, that feminine side and just that that sensible side where like some people are scared to talk to and we feel so like repressed in such ways. So I went on a journey and an exploration to talk to amazing business owners, artists, women, international women from Colombia, Venezuela, the Philippines, like amazing and I wanted to hear, I yearned for their stories. And while they were speaking, I could totally identify. And those fragile cracks just were filled with so much unconditional love. I was so healed through that, through that series. It was growing so much. I didn't know how that series was ever going to end. I had no idea, but it did. And I ended with this woman um, who's Natasha Graziano, who I admire and look up to and we're friends now. And She's amazing, doing great things oh, with she, her voice. And I heard that one. That was, I, I played back a number of your podcasts, like I said, I told you before today. And that one, I, I got Natasha's energy within 30 seconds of you interviewing her. I thought, wow, <laughs> straight yeah. away. Amazing. Yeah and, who, yeah, and who she is and what she does. It's like 
that was my vision. That was my full circle moment of like what I wanted to do since I was 14, be a motivational speaker, inspire people. But I went through on a journey, like as we all do, and I lost my way. So it concluded with her being on my podcast. And then she had me on her podcast, which is number three on Apple. And it was out a few weeks ago. And I, we did this energy exchange. It was amazing. And now, and then I also learned through that journey because I was talking to my podcast mentor and I actually was sabotaging. I actually wasn't having blue checked artists on because I had a, a battle within myself that I don't want to just have these blue checked artists on to grow my show. And then people say I sold, sold out by having these people on to leverage my popularity to grow my show. But my, my podcast mentor, um, Rob Greenlee, who's the VP of brand partnership at Lisbon, he told me, um, you know, at, uh, at PodFest back in May, he told me, because like my focus is like Hollywood, how, and I'm like, how can the energy be reciprocated? And he was telling me, actually, by me not having those influential people on the show that may mm. have more value and leverage, even though it'll enhance my career, the person tuning in, it's going to actually enrich and enhance them. And I was being selfish by not having them on. I was actually hoarding and being selfish by not doing it. And I was like, wow, that like lifted a veil off of me where then I'm like, okay, season five, let's go. And I did eight and I did 18 episodes and I have everyone on there and they're all like amazing in their field, top, top people. And it's like these experts that I, that are my friends that I wasn't having on now it's like, what am I doing now? I'm seeing, I had it backwards. Now I'm seeing by like having them on and honoring them. Not only is it going to be amazing for my show and I'm honoring my friends and having my friends, the people tuning in, more people are going to tune in and more people are going to share because they're going to get more alpha, like more information. And so I was like really stuck, but until I had the courage to actually admit and verbalize the insecurities and what was holding me back and, the, and actually having a mentor to talk to, we then, you know, keep it inside. So it's really important to uh, healthy communicate no matter who we're talking to and also in, in a healthy way, but listen to podcasts. And because podcasts, we, we demystify things and we have this energy exchange where we're learning and we're inspiring one another. And it's just, it's free, you know? So, so that's, that's really exciting for me and kind of some brushstrokes in my podcast journey so far. I think it's a great way you've done it there, actually, because I'm, I've done it a bit more. I think I did it a similarish way to you in a different way because when I certainly when I first started doing podcasting, I stuck to my friends originally, like you said, and basically I found my own voice and style on it in like different ways. I self-taught myself, and like nowadays I chat people like yourself and I chat people all over the world, and it's I think a lot of it is like you say, it's confidence really and knowing how to talk to people sometimes. Definitely, well done, seriously. Yeah. Now, I want to go on to obviously talking about your poetry now because obviously people know spoken label is really a poetry podcast, but also like chapter everybody else. So I know I spoke to one someone that represents you originally about your poetry last year, and you've kind of sent over your book to us as well. Now, obviously, people are interested in your book is called A Lover's Fairy Tale. So, and this has wrote over 10 years, is that correct? This book was it? Um, yeah, I went on an exploration um, around the world and um, out of all the pieces I wrote, um, I selected 11 pieces. So my birthday is 11-11, so I just selected 11 pieces to, to release of some of my favorite poems of my travels around the world. Also, yeah, and what if you go into this book, there's some wonderful pictures of you here straight away with it. 
Like it, like it. So I love the one where you laugh, which I think is with your grandmum, actually. Gigi, Gigi's 50, well, yeah, yeah. 50 years yeah. of anniversary in Greece. That is such a beautiful picture of the pair of you, that one, because you can see the love in that picture immediately, Cameron. That's Thank you. Yeah, Maya Yaz, my best friend. It's who I'm named after. Um, Kiriaki. Kiriaki is a saint, very prominent in the Greek tradition. It also means Sunday, but Maya Yaz named after her and I was named after her and she's my best friend. She's 93, oh, growing strong. Wow. She's amazing. And my friend Robert Sturman took all the photos um, with the Polaroid by Kodak. Be a, um, oh, did you Kodak. Was Kodak? Oh, wow. Yeah, so yeah, Polaroid. Wow. Uh, no, I'm sorry, not Kodak. Polaroid. Polaroid discontinued the pol that Polaroid um, mm. and they discontinued it. And um, so while I was writing those pieces, I was traveling the world and he took those Polaroids of me. And um, then he would take special tools and carve into it while it was being processed. While after, right after you take the photo, he manipulates it and it looks like a painting. Oh, it does. Um, it does. If you look at the front Santa cover, it does. It oh, looks yeah. like a digital painting. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah, he lives in Santa Monica. He's robertstermanstudio.com. And whoever goes to uh, and gets the book on Amazon or wherever, A Lover's Fairy Tale, um, they'll, they'll read all about Robert and they can see the the photos as well that looks like a painting uh he's amazing he's so great i don't want to go into a lot into books i'm always a believer of poetry it is for your, your interpretation but certainly you, you literally i've just sent the book over to me recently <laughs> recently indeed but i i did i had read one or two of them before in advance my favorite one certainly was asc on dark 26 do you want to tell us a bit about this piece sir? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was um, I was in I was booked on a two day music video with um, Nicole from the Pussycat Dolls. Oh whoa! <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sorry. It was uh, Pink from Pink. I was booked on a wow. Pink music video. No, no, it was Nicole. It was. I did do a Pink <laughs> music video. I did do two Pink music videos, but mm. this was Nicole from Pussycat Dolls. I was in Malibu. It was so hot. And I was there early in the parking lot and it was so, so hot. And I mean, I just was so frustrated. And mm. I literally grabbed, thank God there was paper on the ground on, on, the, on the passenger seat. And I grabbed a ripped piece of paper and I wrote this poem verbatim. And I would love to recite it to you since it's your favorite one. Yeah, we'll do that in the second half then, okay? So like I said to all, no, all oh. like trying. yeah, do it in the second half. We can let people... Build up the anticipation. And oh, so yeah. yeah. Well, make make them wait, right? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah. So that's kind of like the mm. vibe of when I wrote it, and I uh, met someone who could have been like my first love. I had a special thing for him. It didn't last long, but I remember I was in Detroit for New Year's, and uh, with my mom and dad, and he was in Paris, and mm. uh, he asked me to like be his girl, like we were going to be boyfriend and girlfriend. It and and we said I said yes. We went back to LA and it lasted like two weeks. That's oh, it. God. I know. He was like, <laughs> he was, um, he was like five years younger than me, six years Ooh. younger than me. Now, like I could say something now. I'm not a bummer of his gentleman, right? <laughs> I mean, he was, yeah. I mean, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't last long. <laughs> no, but, exactly. but I tried. 
Yeah, he tried too. He was so sweet. He was so sweet. If you're listening, get back in touch with Katie, definitely. Right. So married. <laughs> he's married. I think it's oh, two kids. And, no, he, and her name's Katie. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Anyway, yeah. we'll just move on then. Not the case. <laughs> so anyway, Katie, obviously, um, you've obviously told us two things you've got in mind already coming up for the future. So now obviously, what do you have planned of wise then? Because I know. You're going to, in the second half, read out a new poem for us as well. So would you like to do a second poetry book in the future? I'm going to, 1,000%. I'm going to do another poetry book, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and do you have any more, like, TV work or film work coming up at the moment? Or? Yeah, I'm, um, I'm actually uh, acting in this uh, short, and I'm going to put it into the international film festivals. Um, so it's a comedy that I'm uh, producing right now. I, and then I'm going to... Um, show it to distribution networks and things of that nature to like do a comedy movie and or get like a TV series deal. Well, fingers crossed, definitely with Katie. All the best for that one, Thank definitely. You. So I've also with you. So, okay. Um, if people want to get hold of it in your books or book, I should say, where do you recommend they go first of all? Um, Chinakas.com, C-H-O-N-A-C-A-S.com. All the links are there. Um, but yeah, I mean, everyone, it's the books everywhere, Amazon, anywhere you want to get at a lover's fairy tale. Yeah, it's worth, well worth your time, guys and girls. I've really enjoyed reading this, so it's been tremendous. Okay, I'll wrap up part one. So I want to give Katie plenty of chance to do to these get these pieces for the second half. I've really enjoyed this today. Thank you. So Me too. Thank we you. We shall see you all in two shanks of the dice. Spoken later. Hi guys. Yes, we are still here. Part two. And the end, spoke label, the wonderful Katie. Katie's going to do two poems for us now. And one of them is an, well, I presume it's an exclusive anyway, but I know there's one first of all from her book. So Katie, give us the one from your book first. Sure. Uh, the one from my book, A Lover's Fairy Tale. Here we go. We'll do uh, your, uh, for your favorite one as of right now. Uh, it's called... Um, so the photo is Parthenon when you see the photo. And it was when I came back from a trip to Greece and the blue headband I'm wearing is when I was in Greece and the jean jacket I'm wearing is when I was, it's like the, uh, a dry kind of heat in, in Greece. And we were on like the ships going island to island. And I would wear that, that jean jacket, although it was like so hot out, but since it's a dry heat, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like a lot of humidity, but it goes um, ASC on just 26. Who? would have thunk it. It's driving me crazy, this feeling inside. I can't call you. I'm thinking, feeling you. I don't understand this love. One day, everything is so perfect, so precious, so fine, so pure. The next day, we are so infected. Please, please, why has this love poisoned us? Free me from thy germs. I want the purest for both of us. Leave me not. For I sorrow. Love me not, for I sorrow. Love me tender, for it's your soul I would want to die for. Hold me, breathe, come to me. I enjoy shedding my tears for you. You make me weep. I enjoy weeping for you. Stay off me, brother of love, stay away from me. Make me stir crazy, make me bleed. Only wish and weep for me. Tender close, I hear thy not. Brother, my brother, who has lost? Forgiven my forsaken soul. 
one lie leads to endless treasures. I weep for you not. My knees gone somber. Tremendous, absolutely. Really, really enjoyed that, Kate. And then it had um, very, very, I mean, you've got a very, very distinctive use of language in your book there and that in this book. I'm particularly like this. It's almost in place like a song nearly, actually. That's why yeah. it's got, yeah, it's got something about it, definitely with that. So, you know, it's, like I said, it, it feels to me that when you do your poetry, do you tend to do it like, does it get wrote very quickly or do you go back and re revisit it a lot of the time? No, it's verbatim. I write, it's something rushes over me. I get a pen and paper and I just write it immediately. Yeah, no, that's nothing wrong with that. I think it's always this, always there's different ways you can write poetry and that felt to me straight away it was like i'm they call it stream of consciousness in england yeah and that's exactly. why i could i could see that with that piece immediately and i loved it because it's just like i said it was it was a really unusual way you did language and that's a, a fantastic piece so thank you thank that. you now thank you're you. gonna now the other piece you're gonna do to us today you said you said you've got a brand new piece and i, I have no idea what this other piece is going to be like so yeah but i don't doubt it's gonna be fantastic so yeah, thank you. I, I'm excited to share with you. Also, speaking of England, I studied. I went. I studied Shakespeare in um, oh, England yeah. for um, a summer. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. I studied oh. Shakespeare. I saw 45 productions in five weeks at the theater. I went wow. to um, Anne Hathaway's home, Stratford upon Avon. I went to where Shakespeare and his family, um, where he grew up, and uh, got all the education. I went to the Globe. I saw a couple. Of programs at the Globe, Shakespeare oh, it was phenomenal. Tremendous, yeah. yeah. I've been to I've been to the Globe once, and it was. I think anybody that goes see Shakespeare plays, it's worth a trip to go and see one when it's done there because it's you see it done in a very different way. Because I've seen what probably half a dozen Shakespeare productions I've been into. <laughs> Some was one was one that was better than other, but I'll come on another day. Wow. By the way, so but yeah, it's right. Yeah, the Globe is fantastic to go to. Definitely, yeah. so I recommend yeah. it. So. Anyway, I better get oh. back to you. So, yes, okay. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll talk about Shakespeare all day. I know. I, might, I might still might talk to you about Shakespeare off mic, but anyway. <laughs> so. So, so I'm actually looking at my second book right now, but um, it's actually called The Actor, and that's the name of this piece. Um, and I talk about, um, I'll give you, your, you are the first to hear it because this is the first time I'm ever, I'm ever saying it. But um, it's 44 pages, 22 poems, it's it's a book where it's like a diary and then and then it has poems um and it's about this 10 year journey that i went on from 2022 to to from 2012 to 2022 and um this is and this is my next book i'll be publishing um it's called the actor and um so this is the piece um you'll be the very first to hear it um and i'm doing an event on november 13th um, with spoken word artists, and I'm, I'll be reciting it for the very first time. Here we go. It's called The Actor. I am your blank canvas. I am your dream. I am everything you are scared of and everything in between. Trust me with a hot lemon twist and a boastful scream. I will rip you up. I will tear you down. I will lift you up and all around. I will destroy you. I will inspire you. I will make you weep. 
I will shift your emotions. I will make you speak and feel of joy all through the lens of my soul as you watch me in action on national as you watch me in action on national tv repeat say it repeat yes pretty please i will manifest your dreams i will sing in action with my words move you in such a way throughout the day you will be hitting rewind in bed watching me as you would your favorite movie on the grand silver screens. Glam, debutante, city girl, big dreams, classic movie star, mysteries in between. Streaming in destruction, I am your brightest star of joy. Disturbing in nature with the best kind of soy. Enrich my state, enrich your being. In your Hollywood dreamland, you better brace yourself and motherfucking scream. The journey of eternal and external life. I will be your endless, colorful canvas. Martini cut and seen. The end. Two, two, two. Oh, wow. Excellent. <laughs> That's really different not to you for your first book, that one. It's yeah. like... It felt like a more like a monologue in place, a very old poetic monologue, you'd call it more definitely that. So is the rest of the book very similar to that then, is it? Uh, that's the last piece in the book because that comes in conclusion of my journey. Like this poem takes you mm. on a journey of up, down, in between and like what happens in life and then marrying it to uh, like a movie or a TV show, right? Which is yeah. life. That's what actors do. They tell stories and this is what, like someone could be playing this, this right here is a scene of real life imitating art, art imitating life, you know? So um, it, they have, all the other poems have their own distinction to them of where I was growing through, um, some abuse I went through, some isolation I went through, some things I put on to myself, some things um, I didn't know how to, I was stuck and didn't know how to get out of mm. certain things. So I went on this journey of an exploration to know thyself and to feel and to really feel in destruction, some things, you know, but with, with limited, with boundaries, like, like knowing that I could go somewhere, knowing that, and then setting up my protective boundaries of the limitations of how far I would go but setting those things up before I press go to go on that journey. So I didn't go off the deep end. Like I didn't do heroin. I didn't do cocaine. I didn't like kill anyone. I didn't hurt anyone. I didn't like, I, I, I set myself up. Like I wasn't gonna go to those extents of that area. It was almost like a neuro, like a scientist, right? Like opening Pandora's box, but setting up the terms and rules before going on the exploration. I feel like when you're jumping in to do something, although you want to do it, we need to set up personal anchors and boundaries for oneself before jumping into those things. You know what I mean? Because yeah, when, you, when, you, when you say go and you're going into those things, nature could take its course. So you have to have your perimeters of what can happen and what not happen. So I did yeah. it. I want to say, I think I feel like I did it in an acutely smart way. Yeah, I think you definitely did with that piece. And I'm looking forward to seeing the second book on it because mm -hmm. I'm always a believer, Katie, in anything you do, like as an artist in any sort of form. And you're, you're a fantastic example of this. 
you never stand still with anything you do. And yet everything you, people look at really review this podcast, they think to themselves, like you, you're a lady that does all kinds of things and you're constantly evolving, constantly moving on. Respect you for that one, definitely. And good Thank luck you. for the future. I appreciate and good, luck, you. And good luck for the future as well, Katie, with it. So, so yeah. And check I, back in with me so I can come on and talk about the book, The After. Love you too. Love you too. When's it? Future, is the book going to be out? Is, out next, is book out next year, do you reckon? Or? Uh, yeah, 1000%. It'll probably, since we're going to, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be next year for sure. In the first Definitely. quarter, probably. Definitely get you back on again. Okay. Love to get you back on. And I'll, I'll try and bring Amanda with me next time. Right. So, so you could chat to my lovely wife as well. So. Well, well, hopefully I'll like I'll be on my second Nick Cage film, so she'll want to have me back on too. <laughs> oh, she definitely will. When I'm, and I'll tell her that one definitely. So, anyway, listen, we better. I know we've got a few more things to go through off mic. So I just want to thank you today for Katie. For today has been a pleasure. Really, really enjoyed this. So, me too. Thank you. Don Callis at Impact Wrestling says, and I always do to say finish off with Katie because I'm a wrestling nerd. So, stay safe. And stay over. And I'll get applies to you definitely. So we will see you all next. Spoken.